0: your inner work begins. I'm Taylor Lee Morrison, creator and author of Inner Workout, and you, as always, are our expert guest. Thanks for being here today. I'll introduce today's topic momentarily, but first, you've heard me talking throughout this season about the companion resource that we created for you, the Strong Friends Inner Workbook. This workbook expands on the three archetypes that we've been exploring, the picture-perfect strong friend, the intellectual strong friend, and the caregiver strong friend. It has over 40 reflection questions to help you explore your strong friend tendencies, focus your inner work, and identify where you might need some relational support. And you can get all of this for just $4.99. So you can find it at the link in the show notes or by going to bit.ly slash friends. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash strong friends, plural. Today on the show, we have a guest that I am so excited about, Oladera Adio. She's a mental health therapist and the author of two books, Self-Care for Black Women and Affirmations for Black Women, a journal. She's passionate about helping people, especially Black women, improve their overall wellness. And one thing I love about Dara is that she has a winding career path. I love a winding career path. Before she became a licensed clinical social worker, she worked as a writer and editor. She's been the associate web editor at Cosmopolitan and the managing editor at XXL. And she joined us from her home in L.A., In today's conversation, we're talking about a skill that everyone can stand to build, but especially recovering strong friends, which is advocating for yourself and setting boundaries. And what I appreciated about this conversation is that even though it was our first time talking, I felt like I was talking to a friend. Dara shared her wisdom as a mental health practitioner, but also she was willing to share her story, which I always appreciate. And there are a couple moments where I was like, oh this is the reframe that I needed. You can hear me at one point in the episode have that reframe in real time. And as always, I hope that there are some aha moments, some potential reframes that come from this conversation for you. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Want to know how growth starts? With asking yourself the right questions. Our free take care assessment asks you 75 questions that get to the root of what you need most right now. After completing the assessment, you'll get a PDF profile with practices based on your results. Head to the link in our show notes to take care today. Yay, I am so excited for this conversation. I can already tell it's going to be a really good one. Dara, welcome. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So we'll get right into it. This whole season is all about the idea of the strong friend, this person who's like always projecting strength and they think that it's going to help them stay connected, but really it's often creating this barrier between themselves and others. So before we talk about boundaries and advocating for yourself and all that good stuff, I want to hear about your relationship to being a strong friend. Yeah. Do you consider yourself to be a strong friend or a recovering strong friend? And if so, what does that journey look like for you?
1: Hmm. So I definitely don't consider myself to be a strong friend. Actually, I take that back. I consider myself to be a strong friend with many other strong friends and I think for a very long time, I thought that I was a strong friend and I had to be there for everyone and no one was really there for me. And it took some like working some of my own inner healing to realize that like it wasn't that I had to be the strong friend. It was that I was making myself the strong friend and I wasn't relying on my circle of friends and I wasn't trusting my circle of friends to be strong enough to handle, um, life stuff, because, you know, I definitely have been burned by people and we all, we all go through that. Like where we just like feel like we've been burned by people and we're like, okay, we can't really trust people, but I definitely, you know, little things happened in my life where I was like, okay, I really need to lean on my friends and my friends like showed up. And so I had to start believing that like, I need to trust that I have friends who got my back. And so, now, yeah, I'm definitely, you know, I don't feel like I am a strong friend, meaning that I will be there for my friends. I got their back. You know, I'm ready to pull up whatever we need to do. And I trust that they are exactly the same.
0: I love that. And that that piece that you were saying, too, about, like, sometimes it takes building trust. Like, I totally, I'm familiar with that narrative. And other guests have talked about that narrative, too, of, like, thinking that people aren't going to show up for you, but then you like tiptoe when you ask for something and they help and you're like, "Oh, yeah. I can ask again. Yes. I am supported.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. It's such a lie we tell ourselves. I mean, there are many things like, uh, I think a lot of us experience things with like caregivers growing up who weren't as supportive and um, just different things. And then, yeah, you really do build up that narrative. Like you said, that you're just like, Uh, it's always got to be me and then double it. I'm a black woman. Like that's the narrative I've been told uh, because my surroundings back that up. Anytime I'm in certain spaces that aren't safe for black women, whether it's work, school, whatever, you know, you definitely just build up that barrier and that like idea that like, I've got to do it myself because no one else is going to do it for me. So then you carry that into your intimate relationships and, yeah, it damages you and your relationships,
0: yeah. I want to lean into something that you just mentioned about the reality that many of us people who are listening like are sometimes in spaces where it isn't safe either because they're a black woman or some other part of their identity. And that's mm-hmm. actually part of why I was interested in speaking to you, Dara, is because I've seen you like from afar. <laughs> do this for yourself, advocate for yourself, especially at work. And it's like, yes, you have experience as a mental health practitioner, mm-hmm. but you've also lived it. And yeah. I know, well, I'll pause there. What were you going to say to that?
1: I'll say, yeah, I was going to agree. Yes. I've definitely been in, I mean, even now in like corporate America, cause I work, you know, at clinics or with companies, it's like, yeah, when you are like one of few Black women, or even if you're not one of few, like there's just something about corporate America that just operates with so much white supremacy and so much structure that is like meant to diminish the other. And also, just as a Black woman in these spaces, it's just like so much is expected of me, but then such little support is provided to me. And it can weigh on you.
0: Mm, I felt that. And when you did that big, like it was like not just a sigh for you, it was like a sigh for all of us because mm. I absolutely resonate with that. And something that's interesting, even though we can be aware of that dynamic, I know that I've experienced and I wonder if people listening to you have experienced where we know that there's dynamics that are a little off, but we're... Mm. Afraid to set boundaries or we're afraid to speak up for ourselves because we're like, it's going to blow up in my face. It's going to ruin the relationship. So I kind of Mm -hmm. want to like look at the other side of things. What can happen in our relationships when we aren't willing to advocate for ourselves?
1: When we aren't, like we don't advocate for ourselves? Yeah.
0: Like if we, if we continue in that space of like not advocating, just being quiet, just sitting there and taking it, like if we play that Mm -hmm. tape out, what could happen to us?
1: So many things. like internally, you'll your self-confidence depleted. You also don't build authentic relationships. Like you build relationships that don't honor who you are and or who you want to grow to be. When we don't advocate for ourselves, we form friendships and relationships that aren't authentic to ourselves. They aren't supportive. And so then we, end up with even more trauma from just like relationships that aren't, we weren't meant to be in. Um, And I'm not just speaking romantic, friendship, work, whatever. And you're just not honoring your like inner intuition. So you begin to trust yourself less and you trust others. And I think it could just really lead to just like poor mental health. It can lead to just a poor overall life experience because you're just really denying yourself of just the authenticity that you can have in this life if you're not, you know, advocating for yourself.
0: Thank you for laying that out for us because I think it's really common and easy for us to get in our heads and be like, well, if I speak up, then it's going to ruin everything and kind of catastrophize around that. But we don't often sit and think, okay, well, if I, Keep things the way that they are. Here's what can happen. And I don't know about you, but I'm like, I don't want to be creating inauthentic relationships. I don't want to be not able to trust myself. So then that means that, like, I'm probably going to have to set boundaries. I'm probably going to have to speak Mm -hmm. up. I'm wondering what are some signs that it might be time to set a boundary in our lives?
1: Oh, that's a good one. Some signs that you need to set boundaries. I definitely feel like it's if your health is taking a hit, whether it's your mental, physical or spiritual health. I definitely feel like you need to take a take a temperature of yourself. Like, OK, you know, am I not acting like myself? Am I making decisions that are, aren't in my benefit? Also, if you're just exhausted I, and I feel like you need to be honest with yourself about that, like you got to be aware of it. Because I feel like sometimes people, we can just like push ourselves to the limit. And, you know, everything I think about, I think in like Black women, because those those are the people I like speak to and I, you know, identify with. But it's like sometimes as Black women, we can definitely push ourselves to the limit and feel like, okay, well, we're good at compartmentalizing, right? Because that's kind of what we have to do in our life. We have to like mask And compartmentalize things just because of the things we deal with. Even if you're not Black, like just all the different identities you have that are marginalized. Um, Sometimes you live in a world where you have to accept that, yeah, I'm gonna be mistreated because of my identity, but I'm not gonna let it impact me too much. Like, you know, I may encounter microaggression, I may encounter something hurtful, but it's not going to be the end all be all, and it's not gonna define my life. But yeah, you sometimes don't even realize that you need to create boundaries. So I feel like, yeah, if you're, the first thing to go is your mental health, is like your hygiene, is your sleeping pattern, your eating pattern, how you show up at work, uh, whether you're still performing well or not. If you're isolating, you know, sometimes. So like, those are symptoms for me as a mental health practitioner. Those are symptoms for me of like, there's something going on mentally. So I feel like, yeah, if you feel depleted, time to make a boundary and it's easier said than done.
0: (laughs) As are so many things when we're talking about like caring for ourselves and inner work. And you said something interesting there too, that like, sometimes we don't know that we need a boundary. I'm wondering if it would be Mm -hmm. useful to just kind of like do an audit and Yeah. Almost proactively be like, okay, what are the ways that I'm relating to people? What are the ways that people have Mm -hmm. access to me or are communicating with me or these different places? Is there Mm -hmm. a way I can tighten that up a little bit? Or is there a way I can clarify the expectation before it gets to the place where your mental health is failing, where you're not able to sleep and all of these other things? Which is, again, easier Mm -hmm. said than done because I was talking with someone last night and she's a social worker and she was saying like so many times she works with people who are in crisis because again, especially for black women, if it's like, okay, I can muscle through it, I can handle it. And then all of a sudden you can't handle it. So it's hard to like flip that switch and be like, let me do something about it now before it's a crisis.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's like, you know, You know, that's my thing with self-care. It's like that's at like the core of it. It's like taking care of yourself before you get to crisis mode. And I feel like that's also part of like your wellness journey in general. It's like kind of getting to know yourself. And it's so important to realize what are your indicators of like, I'm not doing well. Like I have some of them. I know when I'm eating a little bit too much sweets or too many candies or ordering over eats a little bit too much, you know, like, it's like, I have my certain indicators that I'm like, okay, what is going on? Like, what do I need to rest? Is it my mind? Is it my spirit? Is it, you know, my physical health? Like what, what do I need to rest? Is it my interaction with people? So like, you know, like the month of May I took like a break from social media. And so for me, it's like I took a break from creating content and I'm like I'm like still on social media and I like scroll and whatnot but the point point was for me it was like I was just so tired of thinking what I could create and what I could put out because as you know as like a content creator as just a creative person in general like it can take an emotional toll on you so like for me it was putting up that boundary of like I'm not really talking to y'all right now in the month of May and that's that so, yeah, but I had to know that, like, I had to be aware of that. And another way is also like having really good friends. Um, Sometimes your friends will straight up tell you like, you're bugging, like you're acting not like yourself, go sit down. Like, you know, they'll be like, get off the internet or, you know, go, go take a walk. Like sometimes you really need those friendships in your life and those relationships to tell you like, Hey, you're not being yourself. What's going on here? What do you need to do?
0: We all have 24 hours in the day, but depending on your schedule, your responsibilities, and your finances, it doesn't always feel like that. We built the Inner Workout app to help you practice self-care with the time you have. It's filled with journaling practices, meditations, and mini-courses called journeys that you can complete in 10 minutes or less. But that's not all. Find more time for self-care with lock sessions, which go beyond notification blocking and allow you to lock yourself out of apps that steal your time and attention. Visit innerworkout.co slash app or click the link in the show notes to add the Inner Workout app to your support system. I recently had that with a friend where we love sending voice notes to each other. And I had to be like, I just want to reflect back to you that like for the last several voice notes, you've talked about how you're feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling underwater, etc. cetera. And like, sometimes it it seems like, oh, that, that was one day, that was blah, 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 blah. But when a friend can be like, oh no, there's there's actually a trend here. What support do you need? Mm-hmm. How can I be there for you in that? And I've had friends do the same to me. Like, hey, do you realize that there's this pattern every time? You interact with this person, you're complaining, or every time something else is going on. And so I love that. And again, it goes back to like this idea of needing each other and needing community because we all have blind spots. We can't see everything.
1: Oh, that is so true. I remember when I worked in journalism, I mean, I still do now, but when I was a magazine editor, I like hated it. This is right before I left and decided to go get um, my master's in social work. I was miserable. Oh my God. I was so miserable. But like I couldn't admit it to myself because I was a managing editor at a really well-known hip-hop hip hop magazine. Like, why would you not like your job? You know, you're interacting with celebrities all the time. Like you do really cool stuff. But I was just like, so over it I was overworked and a friend literally well we're not friends anymore but like someone who I was a friend someone I was friends with at the time we she was like I mean you just sound like you're depressed so what are you going to do about it <laughs> and I'm like and I think it was in that moment that I was actually like oh wow okay something actually has to change here and you know it's the job And quickly, I like just like left, resigned and it, you know, gave everyone whiplash when I did it. But I, but like, yeah, sometimes you really need people to reflect back to you. This is what's going on. You need to like sit down and see what's going on in your life and let's try to make different moves so you can feel better. So,
0: and I think that's important. So it's not like we're like out here calling out, calling in friends just to be like, hey you don't have it together no it's because we want you to feel better
1: mm-hmm.
0: so for those of us who are used to being there for everyone else used to saying yes to every request whether that's at work or at home in our personal lives the idea mm-hmm. of like considering our needs and then also communicating our needs that's kind of intimidating so What would you recommend for people who are like, I probably need to do this, but I don't know where to start?
1: Yeah, Um, I say start small and start safe. And what I mean by that is start with something small, as such as speaking up about uh, what you want to get at the store and start smart, uh, start safe with like a friend you trust, someone you trust, someone who's like not going to gaslight you or make you feel bad for speaking up for your needs. So I feel like that, you know, doing that will help you to build up the courage to keep doing it. And if you start small, you can make, you can do like the bigger decisions later on, but I always say start little, start safe. Yeah. Smart and safe.
0: I really like that. Sometimes People can get, and I can speak from the eyes. Sometimes I can be like, I need to set boundaries. I need to do it in this big, flashy way. <laughs> and like, we can overwhelm ourselves or psych ourselves out and never do it. Never end up communicating because we're trying to do like a big conversation with our boss. And I love how you were like, mm-hmm. maybe you just need to speak up about what you want at the store first, yeah. build that muscle a little bit before you talk to your mm-hmm. boss.
1: Yeah, speak up about your plans with your friends or someone, you know, that you're you're afraid to to like say it. A, a lot of times we're more so afraid of people's emotions than we are of like just saying our needs because it's like we know our needs but we're afraid to say it because we don't know how the other person's going to react so that builds up a lot of anxiety because we're afraid we're going to get rejected but if you start with people you who you know love you and want the best for you and you know literally support anything you do like you'll be surprised they'll literally just say okay i can give i can give you what you need you know whatever it is emotionally or physically so yeah
0: and on the other side of the coin i was In a workshop last night, the topic of boundaries came up because I feel like it comes up a lot, especially it was a a group of Black women. And something that was surfaced is because there's all this talk about boundaries, some people have more or less maybe emotional intelligence in communicating those boundaries. And it can be a lot. It can be like dysregulating. It can be kind of confronting To be on the receiving end of someone else's boundaries. And Mm -hmm. even sometimes, like it could be a situation where someone isn't communicating them well and it is literally harmful. But sometimes I know for me, it can be the most like benign request. And all of a sudden I'm in my head and I'm like, I did something bad. They had to set this boundary because I was doing something wrong. So, do you have any tips for like navigating that dynamic of receiving someone else's boundaries?
1: That's a good one. I think in life, we have to remember that often things aren't about you. Like someone isn't setting up a boundary because of you or you're not doing something because of someone else. I think what I'm trying to say here is that like, get over yourself, (laughs) but I don't want to sound mean, right? Like, it's like, I absolutely understand like when someone, well, because now I'm trying to think of an example. What's an example of this? if you meet someone and they set a boundary? Because I guess what's coming to my mind now is like the difference between boundaries and rules and the difference between boundaries and rules. It's like a rule is something that someone is asking you to do, whereas a boundary is something that you do. So it's something that someone does for themselves. So when you're on the receiving end of someone, maybe like not answering their phone after 9 p.m., it can and like you text them and you maybe they didn't communicate that they don't answer phone calls after 9 it can feel like oh well maybe they just don't want to talk to me right you start creating all these narratives about them in your head but i guess what i'm trying to get at is that often we we can't assume we just can't assume we can't assume and it's always better to like ask questions like just to ask for clarification Um, And not assume that someone is doing something specifically to like spite you, to be rude to you, because we all have our own things going on in our minds and lives. So I think like when you're met with that, it's often better to meet it with curiosity versus assuming it's an attack. Mm. Does that make
0: sense? That makes (laughs) perfect sense. I love that. Meet it with curiosity Instead of assuming it's an attack, because that's where my mind goes is like, in my husband, I'm looking up because he's in the other room. Mm-hmm. He never listens. I'm so nosy. Like if he's on a meeting, I'm like, "What's he talking about? If I'm on a meeting, he's like, "You were on the meeting. I have no idea what you were saying. But he'll sometimes be like, "Do you notice that you're being really defensive about that? or do you notice that like you took that super personally? And I was just stating like my experience. And you took it as me attacking you. And it's been really, I mean, I've been with my husband for a long time at this point, but it's, I really appreciate him surfacing that because it is this reminder that like he is just doing, he is just communicating or he is just living his life and he's not doing it as a commentary on how I'm living his life. Mm -hmm. He's just communicating the way that he lives. And so it's been good for me to realize, oh, yeah, I can be curious why are you doing that? Why did you switch your bedtime? Or why did you make this new routine? Instead of what I want to do is assume it's because like I'm making too much noise, so he has to avoid me or something like that. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I wanted to lean into that you said is the difference between rules and boundaries. And I think that might be useful for people to hear because I wonder if some of what is happening is people are creating rules that they're expecting other people to follow and calling it a boundary.
1: Yeah. So I'm not the expert on that differentiation because I heard it from Dr. Raquel Martin on social media. I don't know if you follow her. No, but on I need to. She's absolutely amazing. She's a black psychologist so, and she's also like a professor and a scientist. So, She's absolutely amazing. But she often brings up like the differentiation between boundaries and rule, right? So a rule is like, don't call me after nine versus the boundary is I don't answer phone calls Mm -hmm. after nine o'clock. So, but yeah, you're right. I feel like sometimes what we're doing a lot of is like setting these rules and being like, you're violating my boundary when really you gave someone a rule that they can break. Like rules can be broken, changed, whereas, and so can boundaries as well, but like boundaries are usually like set for you. So yeah, I do think that maybe that might, might be what's happening in society where we feel like when people set boundaries with their self, maybe we think they're making a rule. So we're like, oh no, you can't tell me what to do. But yeah, it's a delicate dance. Yeah. But I think a lot of it needs us to like, not take it personal, like not take it personal when people set these boundaries because they're just living their lives.
0: Yeah. They're just living their lives and like not trying to personally attack me, Taylor, by the way that they're living their life. And I really like this distinction between rules and boundaries, even and that it's just like, it puts it into something that I can control. And mm-hmm. this is me kind of formulating this in real time. So my mind may change by the time this actually comes out. But thinking about like, <laughs> I just always like to say that, like our minds change, you know? Yeah, they do. But thinking about how, when I put it with something that I have control and influence on, I can choose whether or not I answer the phone at 9 PM versus Mm
1: -hmm.
0: making this rule or making a calling it a boundary, but it really is a rule and then being constantly upset at other people. Exactly. And it doesn't mean that I can't communicate like, Hey, just so Mm -hmm. you know, like you can call after 9 PM. I, my phone's just going to be on, do not disturb. So I won't see it.
1: Exactly
0: it feels more like I have more control, like I have more power in the situation. Mm -hmm. And I still think that there's room for us to get better at communicating and having those conversations, whether it's a boundary or a rule. But I do like something about like creating that container for myself that I can check in on.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And you can like, you know, if you have, I think the best example I can think of is like with family, because, you know, family gets on your nerves. Um, It's like thinking about that family member, that parent that annoys you. And you, instead of being like, oh, my mom has horrible boundaries, or my mom doesn't respect my boundaries. It's like, okay, well, one, did you express your boundaries to your mom? And also, is this a rule? Like, did you tell your mom that like, you don't want to come over on set Sundays, like Sundays are for you. Like, you know, like, have you vocalized that? So I do think it's very helpful because, like, what you said about like constantly getting annoyed and upset at people violating your boundaries, but really, there may just be violating a rule that you've set that they're not even aware of. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's, it's like, it's so hard to communicate. I, that's why I liked when you were talking about like, try something small, try something with someone who's safe and just getting used to that communication. Cause I know for me, like there will be times where I'm like trying to send an email where I'm expressing a need and the person will respond and be like, oh yeah, that's great. And meanwhile, it took me like 45 minutes to write the email because I'm like, they're going to hate me. They're going to not, but I've had to, like, I cannot expect anyone to know something to have an expectation if I don't communicate that expectation to them.
1: Yes. It's like, like with my book process, which I know you were writing a book as well, or you wrote your book. Already, I wrote my book. Right? Yeah. So I remember with my second book, you know, I got like the art back and I didn't like it. I didn't like the colors. I was like, I was instantly like, what the F is this? Why would they choose these colors? This is so ugly. Do you know, this is borderline. This, like, this is seems off race. I was just like, so upset about it. And I was talking to my friends about it and they're like, okay, so why don't you just request what you actually want? And I'm like, "Uh, yes, I can do that. Oh, right. I can do that. And I requested, you know, I gave some. Um, some edits and like some art direction and obviously they were like okay (laughs) it's like it's like with everything with my book process if I like didn't like something I you know first I was spiral about it at first now I'm way better now I just look at the stuff and I give my feedback but in the beginning I would be like oh my god how do I say this like in a way so they don't think I'm like mean and da 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 and Every time I like would like say, I don't like the way this flower looks. I don't like the way this wording is. Oh no, this has a different context. And they would always just be like, okay. Like I would, my mind would be blown because I'd be like, what do you mean? Like it's okay that I'm requesting these things Um, just because I wasn't used, used to it in the workspace before. And so That taught me that like, yeah, like you can ask for your needs. And if if someone says no or something like you can work through that as well, because I feel like sometimes we fear being told no and fear that we won't be able to handle the emotions that come with that. So
0: and that gets back to the kind of like the building up of trust. Like when you start to do it, you realize, oh, it is possible for a request to be honored. And that can be especially hard. Like you just said, you hadn't necessarily experienced that in a work context before. So it makes mm-hmm. sense that that wouldn't, I feel like this mm-hmm. whole anecdote, like just drove home so many things that you shared because like, it makes sense that you wouldn't have had the perspective. Oh, I can just make this request because that wasn't you what you mm-hmm. experienced before, but then you had friends going back to again, what you shared earlier, who are willing to see that blind spot and say, Hey, have you thought of this possibility of making the request? And then you make the request and you're like, Oh, this is possible. Look at that. You (laughs) just like tied everything up with Mm -hmm. a beautiful bow. (laughs) I do have one more question for you though we're asking every guest the same question at the end of our conversations. So if you could offer one piece of advice to strong friends or recovering strong friends, those people who still feel like I can't ask for help, I got to do everything on my own. What would that one piece of advice be?
1: Ooh, I have so many things in my mind. One, you don't you don't have to do everything alone. And that is a lie that you are telling yourself to make yourself feel better after facing so many disappointments, um, whether it be through all types of relationships that made you feel betrayed, abandoned, and whatever. And it's like, you don't, you don't have to do everything alone. Like that is completely false. That is a false belief. You have people in your life that want to support you and help you, and you just need to find them and tap into them and give them a chance to show up for you.
0: I love that reminder. I need that reminder regularly. This has just been such a delightful conversation. This is like the first time we're talking in real time. And I feel like I'm like, I feel like I've known you. (laughs) If other people, I know as we're recording this, you're on a break, a content creation break, a much deserved break. But how can people stay in touch with you?
1: Um, yes, follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter at Oludara Adio, O-L-U-D-A-R-A-A-D-E-E-Y-O on all platforms. I'm mainly active on TikTok because it's a fun platform and it's just, it's to be silly on there. But yeah, that's where you can find me. And you can find me in your bookstores as well. Um, Self-Care for Black Women and Affirmations for Black Women, a journal as well. Amazon, local bookstore, Barnes and Nobles, wherever.
0: Yay. Thank you so much for being here and just all the wisdom that you shared. And we'll make sure all of that is linked in the show notes.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me and creating this space.
0: So what did you think? I, for one, am going to be considering who I can start safe and small with in communicating my needs and also how I can make sure that I'm creating boundaries that I can control rather than just rules. I'd love to hear what came up for you in this episode. Feel free to send us an email or a DM on Instagram. And if you loved this episode, please tell someone about it. Word of mouth is how podcasts are able to grow. And if you're feeling extra generous, review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Yes, even if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, having those reviews allows us to keep getting amazing guests and to show them how much you love listening to the show. Before we close it out, I'll leave you with a friendly reminder that if you want to go deeper in work around being a strong friend, make sure you grab the Strong Friends Inner Workbook It's only $4.99, and I know you'll get so much value out of it. You can find it at the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you, as always, for your time and your expertise. Take care.